what might you do if you received a mysterious delivery but had no idea who sent it? What if that unmarked package contained an old diary with no explanation? That's exactly what happened to Angela. The only clue was a note. It contained just six words that were stuck to the worn front cover of the thick leather-bound book filled with hundreds of handwritten pages. The note said, use this as you see fit. The last entry of the diary, which seems to be filled with personal stories involving cannabis, is dated April 20th, 2022. It's intriguing. Who wrote the diary? Where did it come from and why was it sent? Angela, along with her friend Brandon, are ready to explore the entries to learn more. Even though they have no idea who the author is or why the diary was anonymously sent, they're both committed to finding answers. On this podcast, we're exploring the diary and learning more about the experiences of whoever wrote it. Through that exploration, hopefully we'll solve the mystery of the diary and why Angela was trusted with this extraordinary responsibility. Hey, Angela. Hey. It is a great thing that I said we should be outside. It is. I don't know why we haven't done this sooner. Uh, probably because you're scared of birds. Well, I'm not scared of them. They do not please me, but I feel pretty safe out here right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not what you said before last time we were outside. And they're just not my favorite, but it is gorgeous out here. It is. It is very nice, and it is uh, nice and cool. It's not too hot. It is a nice cloudy, but not too cloudy with a little bit of sun. I love it. Right. And yeah. summer feels like it's it's coming to an end here, so let's get all that vitamin d while we can yeah i i actually love fall me too i like it because it, i could wear um i could wear my like zip up hoodies okay that's why i like it so much all right well like i think it's it's this like new season and it's that crispness in the air do you like dew on the ground <laughs> brandon I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that. <laughs> and now I feel like uh, pressure to give the right answer. But it's so poetic, though. There's, <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> dew on the ground. Right. So, but normally that's in the morning and then your feet are cold and wet. Yeah. Well, it's that weird, like, where it's like, I know that I'm cold, but, it, well, I know that I'm, like, not really that cold, but it also is colder than what it feels. Because then next thing you know, it's like, then it, then it could get, it could get super hot at any moment, but it doesn't. I like whenever it decides not to get super hot at any moment. But it could, but it lets you know, hey, I'm here, I could do it. Right. Things are happening. Um, So, I want to do more things outside. Like... I want to learn how to play rugby. Is that just because you're outside right now? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> I, I feel like a camaraderie with nature. <laughs> it just feels I don't know. I just like I just wanna I wanna um rollerblade. <laughs> I haven't roller rollerbladed. Is that the right? I don't roller... think it's rollerbled. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you fall down, it's rollerbled. So yeah, but I wanted I definitely want to do that. Like um. Yeah. Well, since we've been talking a little bit about taking 
some time away from the diary because man oh man over the course of of this year a lot of free time has been absorbed good good investment but maybe it's time for a little distance I think that we have a plethora of options of other things that we can do to fill our time. I, you know what? Uh, it was, I actually I can finally get started on that sausage reviewing website. <laughs> so. I can only imagine how many different um, sausage sponsorships and and processed meats and cheese sponsorships. Let's even widen that a little you know bit. What's You've been be offered called? what? Yeah. Encased.com. <laughs> oh yeah. So. I'm oh man. To, oh, it's gonna be great. So, so it's like it's like we're outside. It's a special day. Big announcement. Big Encased.com. <laughs> so if you hear this voice and you want to send sausages to be reviewed by a professional <laughs> sausager, I I would be happy to review. So. All right. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Being outdoors, we kind of change it up. Like things are, things are feeling celebratory, transitional, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and speaking of transitional, have you noticed how different it feels being outside when you consume as opposed to being inside when you consume? I I know what you're talking about. Are you saying that you feel that too? It is, and you know why that is. Why? It's the fluorescent lights. What? It's the, the fluorescent lights when you're indoors. I think the fluorescent lights mess with you, and they mess with your, you know, your whole existence. But what if you don't have fluorescent lights? What do you mean? Like, I don't have fluorescent... Wait, are you saying all light bulbs are fluorescent lights? No. no. I mean, I, I gotta look that one up. I'm wondering... I always thought fluorescent meant something about, like, you know, illuminating. That's what I, I thought, thought those were the long kind. The tubies? Yeah, the tubie ones. Oh, Oh, okay. I didn't I just, think light bulbs counted. I just thought them. they were called light tubes. All right, so we have some Googling to do, and now we have plenty of... We, we can do some that, outside research on light bulbs. And that and that leads to what else I could do outside. I could start a professional backyard wrestling league, and we could use the light tubes. Right. Yeah. As... Weapon. Oh. Oh, it's a very Jersey thing to do. Doesn't that get real messy? Yeah. And glassy, yeah, like it glass does. bit ish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not, not that does very not feel safe. It's well, it, I think it's the safest, the safest type of glass you can get cut by. Okay, maybe you just stick to the roller blading. <laughs> the roller blading, <laughs> the royal ble- ro- roller. Ble- yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna stick with that one. So I've never had the pleasure of attending a good old fashioned backyard, backyard wrestling. wrestling with light bulb weaponry uh, event, so I'll have to put that on my, my big a, list. That's a thing down in Delaware, too. <laughs> okay, so not too far. No, not too far. It seems to be a very East Coast thing. That's not something we, we Chicagoans, we don't really go for that sort of thing. <laughs> well, but speaking of first time, mm-hmm. remember how the last entry that we looked at yep. really um, started to explore that first time feeling feels like the first time (laughs) yes and how that was different for some people than others and Mm -hmm. mary referenced the gentleman that ate the grasshopper pie and calmed himself down yes so i 
found a really interesting entry that I wanted to share with you today that has to do with that first time concept. Okay, anyways. Right, are you yeah. gonna do that every time? Yeah. All right. I mean, Feels like the but are <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got it out of my system, go ahead. I, and I don't think that's the only one though. I think what? you could probably do a whole bunch of different first time songs, right? No? What other what are other first time songs? I, I feel like there's a bunch, but I, now I feel like I'm on the spot. But I mean, I know the one. I think we could probably come up with another They're or two. The first time for everything. I think you're just making that up. No, no, that's a no, that was a hit in the seventies. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm reading this entry, and it starts to feel real familiar. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Is the entry is it deja vu? Quite like that, mm-hmm. but a lot of the language started to uh, sound familiar. And there's a book that I finished reading not too long ago by Fitzhugh Ludlow. Hey, Fitzhugh Ludlow, we love you every day, man. No. <laughs> he's he's no longer with us. Okay, well, rest in peace. <laughs> you are um, loved. You have been loved every day that you were alive. And I started to realize that. I was experiencing this entry and drawing on one of Mr. Ludlow's books. So... That you didn't even realize that you were doing that? Well, it, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, sometimes there is that that, that still um, hard to describe funny feeling when we're, we're reading this and reading these entries that... Uh, because we still don't know so much, but this one references Ludlow. You ready for it? Give it to me. All right. This one goes back a bit. Back. All right. January 5th, 1856. So cold. So cold. It was probably very cold. Very cold. Um, And especially if it was near where Ludlow was. Where was Ludlow near? Um... He was near Schenectady, if oh, I am saying that correctly. Schenectady, New York. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Union College, I believe. Yeah, 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 it's a very cold place. I would imagine, especially in January. Prob- yeah, it's probably not as cold as Buffalo, but still kind of that same sort of thing. I'm with you. And yep. it's hard for me to even process right now one of those cold winter days or nights because it is just... So lovely being outside right now. Mm-hmm. Room temperature. I love it when it's room temperature outside. When you could be inside and walk outside, and it's the exact same temperature. <laughs> There's just something so. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what it's like to be you. <laughs> you know, I still wonder what it's like to be me. <laughs> all of the time. All right, all right. January fifth, eighteen fifty-six. Dear diary. Dear diary. When I see them struggle, mm-hmm. meticulously and carefully choosing each word, I am glad to not be an author. I enjoy putting pen to paper, but it's often more to soothe my own mind and heart. The pressure that must exist for them seems like a heavy weight, and breaking free seems to only be found by identifying just the right word to convey just the right thing. I hate writer's block. 
How often do you experience writer's block? Uh... Oh my gosh, are you experiencing it right now? <laughs> um, I experience it once a month or twice a month or sometimes like five times a year. <laughs> so it depends on the year yes, and how creative you're feeling. Exactly. But but I did but years ago I did I was trying to write a song and I couldn't think well I couldn't think of anything nothing was coming out right and so I just called it writer's block and then I wrote a song about having writer's block and it was the easiest song that I ever wrote. How was it received by others? Uh I would say 73% positive. I see. Yeah. Those other generally positive reviews. Those other 27 percenters hated it because they were jealous. Oh, <laughs> it's like playing Mad Libs with you sometimes. Yeah. Which is very writerly. Yes. Very. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Where did I leave off? One of my close friends, even though he's much closer to other members of my family, impresses this truth upon me often. I was there when Fitz labored over each word. And after all that, and it's, it's one of those dot, dot, dots, uh-huh. still anonymous. I am not following. All right. Happy you asked. Oh, that was a question. No, I'm, I, that's, yes. I mean, that's how I interpreted it from you. Oh, hold on. Let me re, let me retort here. <laughs> let me re, 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 redo this one. Uh, anonymous. I'm confused. Please tell me. Oh. It got real official all of a sudden. I'm happy to. Yes, thank you. I will tell you. <laughs> so, Fitz Hugh Ludlow. Have you ever heard of Fitz? No. Cool name, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, he was... So, I, I pulled some information from Wikipedia about him. All right. Born knowledge. September 11th. 1836 in New York City. Well, we know what he was not responsible for. Ah, uh, I mean, yes, and we're still talking 1836, so we're all good. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. To an abolitionist minister and a physically frail mother. Oh. That's what Wiki- Wikipedia said. Oh. Nice. Uh, need, you know what? She needed some Boniva. <laughs> Ludlow characterizes his own childhood as feeble. Dominated yes, by... Yes, because he came from a <laughs> mother that... <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Dominated by superfluous activities, books, ill health, and musing. Uh, and Wait, he, what is musing? Uh, thinking. I think oh, a, really? That's an interesting way to say thinking. So, can't they... Uh, it's the same as pondering? Yeah. But, I mean, musing sounds fun. Right. Er. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Go on. Okay. Just, yeah, right. just, no, good. Now this changes things. So he is actually, he begins his academic life here in Jers mm-hmm. at the College of New Jersey, which was Princeton at the time, uh, and then go, transfers go to Tigers. Union, yes. Yeah. Union College in 1855, and he is, he is well-liked, and he likes to write. So I'm not going to read the whole Wikipedia entry. But so at one point, young uh, Ludlow starts to experiment with cannabis and oh. other substances, apparently. Okay. 
and he's probably feeling like a million bucks with his little feeble little body. <laughs> Ooh, I can run into a wall now. Maybe you're funnier outside because <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stop laughing at you today. So I don't you know, know. That's the key term, laughing at me. There right, you go. right, right. Oh, no, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Laughing with you. That's what I should have said. <laughs> um, so Wikipedia goes on to um, uh, describe some other things. And I'm not going to read every single bit. Okay. And I also pulled a little bit about him. Um, from some other sources, in case you had any questions, I can send you links. But he was known as a poet, critic, uh, fiction, and travel writer, as well as a journalist. And lover. Ah, uh, uh, nobody said anything about that. Oh, okay, well. Mm-mm. So we can't, we, we cannot confirm or deny <laughs> what, what, what he had going on in the relationship area. Yes. Um, but so, you know what, let me just keep reading. So I'll give you a little teaser about Ludlow. Let okay. me let me get to the the second part here. Yep. He would write and rewrite and write again to find the most perfect words to describe his experiences. On paper, he reveals his innermost workings to anyone interested in reading them. He's a soul that seems torn by me and my family, drawn to us, but it's very complex. Maybe even love hate from where he sits oh and um there's the little um did you see this little symbol by the love hate i did section yeah i pretty, did pretty, what pretty cool what do you have a love hate relationship with <gasps> that's an excellent question i don't have anything prepared nacho bags like the bags that hold the doritos like i love the <laughs> fact that they're used as a vessel for getting them from market to face right but opening them is not always the easiest like have you ever noticed like you open a regular doritos bag and it opened up just fine you can knock the thing open it's great but then you open up something that you get like from like aldi or one of those like something that's like clancy's or it's like a company that you've never heard of and you try to open their bags and it's like reinforced with steel yeah that's something that i just really have a love-hate relationship where you appreciate the the design and the the care to make it a challenge but you also yes. don't appreciate it because I, yeah, it I makes don't you ap- feel feeble <laughs> yes, like ludlow's like mom Ludlo, like ludlow's uh, yes mom and his <laughs> tiny you know his arms his little like pencil pencil neck arms i would have to say kiwi mm-hmm. i i i i apologize for all the people of new zealand <laughs> what she's about to say but anyways <laughs> Go on. No, I mean the fruit. I genuinely enjoy the taste. I like to eat it. Mm. It's the sliminess, isn't it? No, I like the sliminess. Is it I the like outer... the color. I like the texture. Mm. I like that it's, it doesn't look like the other fruits. You like the outer hairy skin? No, I, I don't mind that. I also don't eat that, but I don't mind it. Are you not supposed to eat the outer no. hair? Okay. I... But it makes my mouth itchy. That's common. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's common. I've, you're, you're like the third person this week that's told me that. But I, I, I probably have a love-hate relationship with other things. I don't know that I feel the same way about bags that you do, but, um, you know. I have a love-hate relationship with the Chicago Cubs. 
I think that all of you do. Yeah. So. All of you Chicagoans. <laughs> and then I also have a love-hate relationship with the White Sox because I love to hate them. Different. I don't think that's what she's talking about here. <laughs> so, uh, let's see, where was I? He did not reveal himself to be the writer behind his recent publication, but I was well aware that it was him. Me and the fam, we were there for each draft that he poured himself into. That is the burden of the storyteller. The burden of the storyteller. Yeah, I like that. This is the part that I thought was so cool, right? Mm -hmm. So Mary is writing about, like, like seeing this this piece this anonymous piece and recognizing that it was Ludlow's writing and then I'm reading this entry and before I even got to realizing that it was Fitzhugh Ludlow I was thinking man this 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 kind of feels oh because I I started looking at some of the other like um, writings that are in this entry first so I realized that this was likely him and I could not stop wondering if Mary is reading this in 1856 and thinking, man, this sounds familiar. This sounds like somebody that I know. Is that, I believe it's called third compartment experience. Is that true? Or is that a made up thing? That's made up, but it sounds real ah, cool. You almost had me. I know, but it sounded really cool. With that too. shenanigan yeah. stuff. And then third. what happens if I go out in the world <laughs> and then I start talking to people about Third compartmenting. Third compartment experience. Whatever. Yeah. And then they look at me. And what if they go out and tell people? (laughs) Then that's how a movement starts. That is the wrong kind of movement because it's based on lies. And that is not what we're into. I think that's how the Bigfoot myth started. I don't. Maybe. And if, if Mary has taught us anything, the truth is far more interesting than lies anyway. Yes. Okay. Unless you're Walter Mitty. Yes, <laughs> all this sunshine, and you get even more hilarious. So, this this piece that comes out in this January Putnam Monthly 1856 publication mm-hmm. is anonymously written, uh, but it is actually Ludlow, who has penned this piece called "The Apocalypse of Hashish." And then in 1857, he ends up writing this autobiography. This is the one that I was telling you about. The Hashish Eater was written by Fitzhugh Ludlow and came out in 1857. And I, he was in his 20s, I think. Uh, 21, actually. He was 21. And then this book comes out and becomes very popular. And it's on the heels of another book um, that was also written, that same kind of thing, Thomas De Quincey's Confessions of an English Opium Eater. Different substance, but same kind of style and approach. Uh, So this, this gentleman documents his experiences with some of his, you know, his experimentation with cannabis. It went amazing. No. Oh. No. Okay. But so this is the thing, right? So this is the part that I started to read, and I'm thinking, oh, this is really familiar. Um, And Mary has written pieces of this also in other entries in the diary. Mm -hmm. But so in his book, which is what informed this particular publication, this is how he describes uh, some of his first experiences. 
In returning from the world of hashish, I bring with me many and diverse memories. So this is the part that uh, I started to read first, actually, because you could tell that it was, she was um, writing this as like a quote. And this is how this, uh, the apocalypse of hashish by, by Anonymous, which was Ludlow, opens. So in returning from the world of hashish, I bring with me many and diverse memories the echoes of a sublime rapture, which thrilled and vibrated on the very edge of pain, of Promethean agonies, which wrapped the soul like a mantle of fire, of voluptuous delirium, which suffused the body with a blush of exquisite languor are all mine. But in value far exceeding these is the remembrance of my spellbound life as an apocalyptic experience. Hey man, I just had a bad trip is all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he does, Ludlow does have this love-hate relationship with cannabis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he ends up having some substance abuse problems and eventually passes away prematurely in his mid 30s from consumption mm. tuberculosis um was but, that what is that what tuberculosis was called consumption mm-hmm. you know for the longest time i always just thought it meant people were drinking themselves to death okay no for real that I makes was, sense i can i can follow that I, I mean i don't know why why would they call it consumption i don't know do you think it's like your, your lungs fill with like you know fluid and then it consumes you Sure. I mean, that sounds like a completely viable answer that could have been. You know, and then that, now that makes sense because I just wondered how there were so many, like, eight-year-old drunks everywhere. <laughs> well, I think that might have been true, too, but Yeah, well, I'm working, time. At, working at the factory. <laughs> you know? Throwing a few back after a yeah, long day. Exactly. 1800s. So, yeah. Um, so this is the part where I start to, like... You know, I previewed this and was thinking this sounds so familiar and it was it ends up being Ludlow who then does put his name on the hashish eater. And the interesting thing about the book is that it, it, it you wonder how much of it is real. I, I don't know about you, but when I consume cannabis, sometimes the details get fuzzy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you are you mm-hmm for yourself, sling blade mm-hmm. style, or are you mm-hmm for somebody else, sling blade style? Sure. What does that mean, Brandon? Uh, we'll go, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll. So you're you're acknowledging that sometimes I get a little fuzzy. Yeah, fuzzy is a word. <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna go back to the diary entry now. Okay. We first met him as a young man and his curiosities about substances that alter one's mind. How unfortunate that he has struggled so much, but alas, that is how some individuals encounter, and I can't, there's a scribble, I can't make this word out. Do you have any guesses? Scribble. Yeah, it's just like a little scribble part. With words, you can take what you know and help someone else expand what they know. Yeah, I would say that that's that's true. Um, 
I, I guess fits like so he also he what he wrote the hashish eater and then he also wrote the other was it the other book the confessions of a no 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 that was uh thomas de quincey oh okay i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah so and i mean opium and cannabis in the 1800s through today just a reality very different substances uh you know and hashish is a version of cannabis uh. but I think that when you read his book, it reveals a lot of uh, a lot of tension there in that it's very pro and very anti all at the same time. And the descriptions are quite something. Uh, the things that he describes during some of his, um, you know, post-consumption the things he sees and the things that he experiences. It's an interesting read. But I, I can imagine, like, looking at something like this and seeing how this would end up influencing the way people would perceive hashish and where it came from and, and you know, by by extension, cannabis and who consumes it and things like that. Because this did become popular. And then you had like these kinds of texts being passed around. Because this is the 1800s, but this book is still being read in, in today, right? It's still in yeah. reprint today. And when we think about like, you know, the 1950s and, and some of the the counterculture movement and the beats and, and all in the beatniks and all of that, also having access to this text this is you know the Putnam's Monthly this little preview one and then the later book they're informing people about what those experiences are like and you know what that's actually interesting because it kind of reminds me it, it, it's kind of how Corey Feldman is you know how, how we think of Corey Feldman we look at his like you know his body of work and uh, and he's actually and, well, hold on here, I'm, hear me I'm, out here. I'm, I'm me keeping out here. my mouth shut so Corey Feldman is kind of like the hashish of Corey's because Corey Haim is like the marijuana, <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I and don't so think Corey was with us anymore, right? N no, rest of soul. But <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's like it's one of those things where it's just it's it's the same but different. Yeah, sure. Sure. I guess being out here in 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 this outdoor space, this environment just has us looking at things differently, um, you know, through that Corey kind of lens. Yeah, License to Drive is a great, great movie. Huh. Yeah. And that's your go-to? <laughs> yeah, for a for a Corey Corey fix, yeah. Oh, you're specifically talking Corey Corey fix, because yeah. I'm going to go dream a little dream on that one, but uh, cool. Okay, yeah, that's fine. All right, that's so maybe cute. maybe back to some cannabis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this. Corey business. Goonies never say die. Yeah. Although that's he didn't say that. I acknowledge yeah. that. Um, uh, there's just a little bit left in this entry. Let me see. Let me see. It's an honor and a burden and a responsibility and a gift. Fitz has much to share. I imagine that we'll hear more from him as his writing hours are more than his sleeping ones or the hours of his many inspired journeys. And then there's a little smiley face. See, this is so, how I know Mary's funny. All right. So is, but does this mean, is he pro or anti the whole, like, it, there's that love-hate thing? Right. So, okay. 
So he anonymously publishes in 1856. Mm-hmm. He publishes a full-length autobiography in 1857 with his yep. name on it. And this this starts to end up in circles where it's being read because more and more of these um, experiences with mind-altering substances are being written too, mm-hmm. right? Because we needed to have... You needed to have the means to be able to write and distribute it. So you're seeing more people have curiosity about it. And because you have experiences like this documented where he is saying this is ultimately not good for him and he tries to stop using things. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it was, it was a variety of substances, not just cannabis. Um, and for him, and it made, that's why I was thinking so much about the last entry where people's experiences are so different and you can have an unhealthy relationship with all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he just could not maintain wellness because the unhealthy relationship dynamic was the, was the, the, the dominating aspect of his use. And, and he starts off and very like, like a fact finding mission. And in the book, he describes how he has certain friends come with him to walk around places that's the other thing I learned. You know how my jam is yeah. really cannabis walks for yep. reflection. This was his too, but then I think he wanted to, he relied on it too much. And then it, it, he developed an unhealthy dependence. Well, it's, I mean, the addiction probably came from his feebleness. <laughs> well, I don't know that I would necessarily come to that conclusion. Uh, well, we, all, we, we all see things differently. <laughs> but... I, I think it's an interesting entry that provides some of the reality when it comes to cannabis stuff. And I think it's a good opportunity for us to look at what some of that that reality is. Like cannabis use disorder is being talked about now more than ever, yeah. as it should be, because it is a problem. Yeah. I, you know, you know me, I'm of the camp that anything could be misused or unhealthily mm-hmm. used or administrator or administered to oneself and i i still don't see that as being enough of a drive for much of this prohibition like this federal prohibition when there's obvious medical benefit and obvious good reason for for wellness for many people well i mean speaking of, of kind of an addiction it is then kind of i'd say it's it's kind of good that we were thinking about stepping away from the diary for just a little bit. Uh, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I know I don't think it's an addiction, but I think we've spent a lot mm, of time. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm so spun over this book. <laughs> the Can't bre- get it out of my hands. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Just so you know, the birds in that tree have been watching you steadily, and uh, I think they're they're very suspicious of you. Not of me, they're especially when of you use your voices. bird hate. It's not a hatred. Yeah. I just don't care for them. <laughs> but I mean, I would say there's there's some benefits for kind of stepping away for a second and just kind of you know I can I can start my 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 sausage. Uh, Nobody website. wants to hear about your sausage, man. No. <laughs> In case, in case.com, in case.com, 
<laughs> Check it out every day in case.com. No, that is somebody else's website. <laughs> <laughs> and it might not be a fellow sausage man like myself. So. No, I do think it's... It's become such a, a focal point at this time, you know, like at this point, but I, it's probably a good thing to put, have some distance and, you know, maybe, maybe ha- we talk, we go back and forth all the time about having someone else look at it or, or kind of doing some of that research, you know, the things we talked about. And there's, there's that, there's like someone pulling up like a. Looks like I don't know. Looks like a delivery guy or something. Well, <laughs> it's not a sausage delivery. Stand down. <laughs> Is there anything special for me in that boxer? <laughs> I don't. It is. It is a very good thing that you know we end up. Uh, oh, here he, he's coming over this way. Mm. Just hang on. Yeah. Mm, I wasn't really expecting anything. And he's coming over here, like. Um, uh, hi. Package for Angela. Yep, that's that's me. There you go. Okay, cool. Thanks. I got a package. Look at me. I got a package. Wow, you never really get to see delivery people outside. I mean, you see them, you see them driving around, but you never get to like, like interact with them. I, yes, I bet it's from Amazon, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it, is it my, uh, my sausage casing? No. Oh, okay. Brandon. What is it? What's Brandon. in the box? Brandon. What? What's in the box? Oh my gosh. What's in the box? Brandon. Yes? Can you? What is it? Who's I, it from? I think it's a package from Mary. Join us next time for Use This As You See Fit, The Diary of Mary.